Is there a rock bottom? Did your narcissist have a rock bottom? Did they have a place where they finally landed and said like, oh, this is it. Let me go ahead and change my ways. You see, a lot of times people ask me on social media platforms, they ask me different places. They're like, what was your rock bottom? Like, what was it that actually made you change? When did you actually get to that point? Or when did you get to the point where you had that light switch moment where all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm a narcissist and I need to change? Well, we're going to touch on two different things today. First one is talking about rock bottom as a narcissist. And then the second one is actually getting a narcissist into therapy and like my experience with it. And that's going to happen later today on the second video. But today I want to talk about rock bottom as a narcissist. If you've seen a couple of my videos, I did a video a while back that talked about rock bottom as a narcissist and how a lot of times narcissists don't necessarily have a rock bottom. They just have a pivot. They just have a change. They'd rather go from, you know, being the abuser to being the victim and it's not their fault. And a lot of times they'll shift and adjust and change versus actually being honest with who they actually are. If you guys are new here, my name is Ben Taylor. I'm a self-aware narcissist on this channel to provide awareness, growth, healing, and change. And do that in multiple different ways on several different platforms out there. So we've got TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn. If you don't follow us on any of those platforms, just look up Raw Motivations real quick and just give us a follow. And be able to help support people that are learning and growing and developing in those communities to be happy, healthy, and whole moving forward. Be super excited to be able to have you be a part of the community that's already been formed and it's got hundreds of people in it to be able to help that healing and get advice and be able to learn different things by going to narcapp.com. And that's where we have our NARCAP. It stands for Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Community. Community of like-minded people dedicated to help you grow, heal, and change that are also going through the same journey as well at the same time. Would love to be able to engage with you with courses, with exercises, with ways to be able to expand your knowledge about narcissism, but also engage in a community of asking advice, talking to different people, joining like live events, uh, talking through with coaching, coaching practices that happen monthly as well. There's a lot of different things inside the app that we're excited to be able to put out there for you to be able to help that in the healing, growth, and change. So check that out at narcapp.com. If you want to talk to me personally or interact with some of the coaching that I do, you can go to rawmotivations.com. Would love to be able to find where you are on your journey and try to help you. Typically going through either the trauma bond aspect, the detox phase with rumination, and also the boundaries of where are we going in the future so that we don't go back. And so we also don't get with someone down the road that is toxic at the same time. So when we're talking about rock bottom as a narcissist, I think it's important to kind of give you a little idea just of my life, you know, just sharing a little bit of what actually happened, what transpired. It got to the place where I was dating, got through engagement, and then marriage happened with my wife, and that's when the mask fell. I'm sure a lot of people can relate and understand the times in your marriage or the times when you came to a big event you know, marriage, moving in together, kids, you know, relocating, whatever it might be, when the mask falls. The mask started falling literally marriage night into honeymoon and created a really toxic place just for us being able to spend time together out of the country because we went away for our honeymoon. But that's when my wife started to see it right away of the short, you know, the short comments, you know, the devaluation, a lot of stuff started slowly revealing, but then also ramped up pretty quickly too. 
Well, started moving a lot. Uh, we kind of moved all over the country for a period of time. I worked for Chick-fil-A and went to different places and helped construct and fix a lot of drive throughs and build up speed and things like that. And got to the place where we were in uh, Kentucky and we were getting ready to end up moving. And we moved to Virginia. And so on the way of that move, we got to the place where we actually, uh, my wife lost uh, the baby that she was carrying. And like that got to be a place that kind of like was like, what's actually going on? Like, is is this an issue that, you know, I did something wrong because I'm like thinking through like previous aspects of my life growing up in, you know, heavily like Christian environments of like, okay, maybe all the stuff that I've been doing, the devaluation, the, the cheating, the lying, maybe this is like God's payment, you know, God's punishment towards me. So it's like all this like kind of confusing stuff. So we moved to Virginia where like life's better. Okay, like it's, it's fine. I've got this figured out. But it wasn't. Because at that point, I still thought I'm still stuck in this cycle. Like I'm still stuck just doing the things that I always do. I got to a place where I was thinking maybe what I'm experiencing, the, the love bombing, the devaluing other people, like the, the gaslighting people, the, the steamrolling over people and work, maybe all this stuff that I'm experiencing, maybe this is just who I am and it's just going to be a cycle. The problem is for me, a lot of my cycles developed in high school and through college and then through marriage in the form of being with different people. And so in our marriage, there was a total of five different affairs that happened. And none of them, there's one that was short, but the rest of them were a decent amount of time. And those cycles kept happening of going from person to person, of getting involved with someone, building that friendship and taking it all the way to an affair. Then it would kind of disintegrate and then go to the next one. And got to the place where finally my boss found out with the job that I was working at that time and nothing really happened. Nothing really happened. It just kind of like kept under wraps. But then when the second one came out, the second affair at that job came out, that's when I lost my job. And so you think like maybe that'd be a wake up call. Like you just lost your job. You just lost a job that at that point I was trying to go as a career job, I was trying to eventually own my own business, like continue to move that way forward and lost it completely. Well, this is around the same time that, you know, COVID was ramping up and everything was happening. So there was a lot of different things that were going on, not a lot of jobs that I could even go out and look for at that time because a lot of people were cutting down or were they like getting rid of employees? We got to the place where we were going to lose the house and there wasn't a way to even be able to pay for it. And so the house went on to one of the forbearance plans of like, this is just going to keep going farther out, farther out. This debt that piles up that you're going to have to pay back eventually just to be able to keep the house. So you think with all that, that maybe something might, you know, wake me up. That something might be like, oh, like I need to change. Oh, I need to, you know, do something different. Didn't really. Like it was still, I'm stuck in this rut. I'm stuck in this idea. Ended up going to a couple different things, got involved in therapy, did some EMDR therapy, did some talk therapy, started doing some of that, and then that's when my wife left. So you're thinking through, lost the job, you know, lost, or about ready to lose the house because on forbearance, the wife, the wife left, like, during all this, like, is there a rock bottom? The thing you have to realize and thing you have to understand is whenever my wife initially left, like, she drove off. It was later that day, uh, as soon as she drove off, I texted somebody, ended up just meeting up with a, with a friend, that was a girl, that it was a previous affair, and that's what happened. Because a lot of times, it's not about what's happening. It's not about, oh, I'm, I'm losing everything. 
it's then switching around to being like, I'm just the victim. Like this is happening to me because you know, my wife gave up. My wife gave up after five affairs. Like this is all and switching the story back on me to be able to call up somebody else and be like, can you believe this? I'm all alone. And that was the thought process. That was the idea. The thing was, this wasn't only the first time that I lost a lot of things and that I was confronted with what a lot of people would call rock bottom. Back in 2011, after I graduated from college, I got involved with a, a Chick-fil-A there. I was involved with that, was working, all that kind of stuff, and went through a like three-month window of time when I ended up totaling my car. You know, Could have died from that, but totaled my car, lost my job, lost the house I was at. Um, right before that, I lost almost a fiancé, a whole bunch of different things, and nothing woke me up. Because when it comes down to it, you're not going to be able to put your narcissist in the most awful circumstances ever and then magically have that switch happen. It doesn't work that way. Because I'll take any situation and I would take any idea and thought of it being my fault and I would twist it around. I would blame it on my wife. I would blame it on my boss. I would blame it on my job, on a career, on other people, friends and family, anything else but myself. Because at the end of the day, the rock bottom that a narcissist hits is understanding that no one's coming to save them, and ultimately they're alone. The problem was always looking at never being alone, which is why narcissists normally go to supply, to supply, to supply, and also making sure that that supply cup is always filled by getting it, whether it's in person or whether it's over the phone or whether it's over social media or whether it's over a chat service, like whatever it might be, of always looking or the next thing. Nothing in life, nothing made life so awful for me that I changed. I had to come to a place where I changed because living with myself like that was too awful. The hard thing is a lot of narcissists won't get to the point where they actually see that, understand it, or they're honest with themselves. We talk a lot about how narcissists lie to everybody else and they do that all the time. But a lot of it doesn't get said that the first person that the narcissist gaslights and lies to is themselves. To start convincing them that the lies that they believe, the lies that I believed, I didn't view them as lies. I thought that they were true. I thought that I was a good person. Yeah, I was cheating. Yeah, I was lying. But I'm a good person, right? It's one of the seven lies that I had that were going through my head that was putting me in that place of saying, I'm in denial about everything else going on. To my rock bottom as a narcissist, hit rock bottom several times. The problem is rock bottom for a narcissist doesn't mean they're going to change. A lot of times it just means they're going to pivot. They might change up what they're doing, but they're not going to change direction of who they are unless they get real, raw, and honest about who they are inside and the shit that's pent up inside and what they need to do to fix it. Think of this because I want to make sure you understand this. Nothing made life so awful for me that I changed. I changed because living with myself like that ended up being too awful. <laughs>